This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to a Testimony Talk. On our Testimony Talks, we get a chance to hear from someone who has taken the steps and applied them to their own life. This gives us the opportunity to see how the program works and to gain hope that we might have similar experiences. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for each one of you here to listen to today's testimony talk. I have a very good friend of mine uh, here with us today. Would you mind introducing yourself for us? Yes, John, it's great to be on your podcast. So I'm a joyful, courageous, loving man in Christ and recovery celebrating victory over alcoholism, overeating, and sex and love addiction. My name is Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Dude, so, so good to have you on the podcast. I know I've been trying to get you back out for a while. Um, You were over at Impact for a bit, correct? Yes. Impact Churchill. They're just moving into their new facility right on Scottsdale Road in Thunderbird. Celebrate recovery to be happening there. Nice. And what night is that? Is that Fridays? Saturday nights. Saturday nights at 6, 630? I'm going to say 7 o'clock. That's 7 o'clock? That's what it is. Sounds They're about right. Road location this weekend, next Saturday night, a week from Saturday, they'll be in their new location. Very cool. But yeah. you are up in uh, Payson now, correct? Right. Payson is called the heart of Arizona. Ooh, <laughs> hey, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree there. Um, definitely spend some time up there. I, I love Payson, but you, uh, you're, you're in the Celebrate Recovery up there now, correct? Yeah, in fact, that's why I've not had the privilege and honor of coming back down to your ministry, because we meet on Monday nights. That's so cool, man. I I love that so much. So it's been a while. We we definitely uh, would love to have you out. But uh, for those who it's been a a few years now, so uh, those who haven't got to hear your story, I would love if you just shared a little bit with us, kind of, you know, a bit of your background in you know, ultimately what, what brought you into Celebrate Recovery? Right, sure. So uh, I was raised in the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. Uh, I have an older sister, a younger brother. And, um, you know, I started drinking when I was 10 years old. My grandfather made wine uh, that they used for communion and, and you know, <laughs> drink, but, and I got really sick, but I kept at it. I started smoking at age 10. My brother who followed me around, he started both of those at eight years old and uh, just went downhill from there, got into drugs, got kicked out of my Lutheran uh, junior high, went to public school and graduated 786 out of 800 students. That means like 14 students did worse than I did. I had all B's and F's, they just passed me on. All I was interested was 
getting high and, you know, being with girls. And uh, fast forward, I gradu I've graduated from college, magna cum laude, top of my class, three national honor societies, mm -hmm. a graduate of Fuller Seminary with a theology degree, been a chaplain with the Salvation Army for a number of years and currently leading Celebrate Recovery up here. But so what happened to me is I got drafted into the Vietnam War and I took amphetamines to get out and I actually OD'd and passed out in the wow. induction center in the little yellow square we stood in. And uh, I had long hair, you know, I was kind of a hippie. And uh, <laughs> so they cussed me and threw me out. And like I said, I OD'd and ended up in a hospital. And after that, you know, I just kind of had a psychotic break with reality. And I came to a place where I actually believed that I was Jesus myself. I went completely insane and uh, thought I was God. I even had a few followers. It was awesome <laughs> until arrested and uh, ended up in a psychiatric hospital for eight weeks. And one of the things I really love about uh, Celebrate Recovery, especially the eight principles, is principle number one is realize I'm not God. And I actually believed I was. And like I said, I was compelling enough that a few others did too. But that, those were the times. And then you know, the uh, principle two, I love that as well. The E in recovery uh, stands for earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and he has the power to help me recover. And, of course, the step that goes along with it is that we came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So I was completely insane. Um I was released from the psychiatric hospital. I quit doing drugs, but I kept drinking. I drank a lot. I was depressed. I went to see a guru in Colorado. This was back in the 70s. And the guru was claiming to be the Messiah. And when he claimed to do that, I recalled a Bible verse from the New Testament where Jesus said, there'll be many false messiahs claiming to be me. And I had a couple of experiences like that. And through that, I came to believe that Jesus was really God, not me, <laughs> mm. and um, that he was alive and that, not, that the Bible really was the word of God. So I became a Christian and the Lord set me free right on a street corner from drinking and smoking. And I walked in that victory for about five years without a program. Except I met a young lady at church after church one night having, and she was having beer and pizza with a friend. They motioned me over and I was so excited to get to see her. And they offered me a beer and I had one and then another and then another. And then our girlfriend left. We went down the street to an Irish pub and started drinking Bushmills and making out, moved in together, quit church. And then like 30 years later, I learned in AA that one drink is too many and a thousand is never, never enough. enough. Amen. So I got into the program. I got an AA sponsor, did the 12 steps. And um, I, I had become a pastor through that whole time period after seminary, fast forward. And I was a guest speaker at a church and a guy came up to me who's now my sponsor and told me about Celebrate Recovery. Hmm. And so I started going to Celebrate Recovery and actually became 
a leader um, at Scottsdale Bible Church in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And, and that was like 15 years ago. So I'm celebrating mm-hmm. recovery from alcoholism for almost 20 years now. Wow. But I guess that's kind of the short story. And and uh, yeah, my sponsor is still my sponsor. We're best friends. It's awesome. Mm, I love that so much. That's so cool. So you mentioned, so you had been sober for a little while, kind of got your life on track and had per, been pursuing uh, the Lord for, for a bit before you even heard about celebrate recovery. Sounds like you were doing some time in AA first. Yes. So what fact, was that like? Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say uh, after seminary, I became a chaplain on Skid Row in Los Angeles for the Salvation Army. And wow. that's where I really learned about the 12 steps. And uh, I also learned a little bit in Fuller Seminary about the 12 steps because I took a class on marriage and family, and they talked about family dysfunction. Mm. And, and the frightening thing was they said that we were destined to repeat the dysfunction of our parents and grandparents all the way back, mm. unless we did the hard work of recovery. Mm. And of course, they talked about the 12 steps. And I remember reading that. And um, of course, I read that seldom have we seen a person fail who did our program. Those who fail either cannot or will not adapt a lifestyle demands rigorous honesty. So that's in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I remember I read that in seminary and I thought, well, there's no way I could be rigorously honest or I, I couldn't become a pastor. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I learned a lot of this stuff. You know, I can talk the talk, but I, I've got some walk now to back it up. But early on, man, I just learned all that stuff because I was a chaplain helping wow. other guys. And um, yeah, in a, in a, as a pastor, I was leading a men's retreat after the Salvation Army, and I was talking to these guys about accountability. And one of the guys came up to me, Steve E., and he mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to be accountable to me for alcohol. Well, I was a pastor. I was drinking because I could not admit to that. Mm-hmm. And so I referred him to AA, and he went. And a couple of weeks later, back at church after the retreat, he says, hey, uh, Pastor Bruce, I... Uh, Went to AA and it was really awesome. And I think you ought to come with me. <laughs> ah, oh, that's so perfect. Yeah, you know, the denial lesson says uh, we think they don't know, but they know. That's so right, he had man. me ready. So I went with Stevie to a little uh, AA uh, meeting up in Hillsburg, California, Northern California. Everybody was going around in the circle admitting they were an alcoholic and it came to me, you know, and I just, hey, I'm going to fit in. So I admitted I was an alcoholic and it was awesome, man. I experienced just an infusion of power. Mm. And at that meeting, they uh, talked about, you know, AA has all these cliches. We have them too in CR, but um, Mm -hmm. keep back coming back. It works Mm -hmm. if you work it. but. they uh, had a saying, it was fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and there was nothing there. And I was just paralyzed mm. by fear and phobia. I had 
tons of phobias, agoraphobia, panic attacks, all that. I mean, that's why I drank. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that day, Saturday morning at that AA meeting, I said, okay, God, if this is real, then I'm going to go out and face some fears. And, uh, and it, it was a long walk, honestly. It took me about 10 years of mm. uh, AA and then Celebrate Recovery to come to a place in my life where I am fear-free. I mean, now I have like normal yeah. fears and stuff. But uh, I mean, like I've backpacked through the Grand Canyon 11 times in the last 15 years. Wow. And I had a terrible fear of ice. So to have that kind of freedom, I wouldn't recommend starting there trying to overcome. <laughs> That's definitely where I graduated. Anyway. That's, uh, I love that, man. Yeah, actually, my wife and I, we've done that as well. Talk about a spiritual experience, huh? You know, it's, awesome. it's just things like that. The it, You know, some people might not relate it and they couldn't ever. But, you know, I, I see those as blessings of the of the program. I couldn't have done that if, if you know, God hadn't freed me from the bondages of addiction. But. You know, I, I love the, you know, what you had talked about was what I was kind of trying to get at was that experience of kind of have, having the head knowledge and then going into the program. Um, because I think that the reason why I wanted to dig into it that a bit is I think there's a lot of us that have that similar experience. And so digging into that and, and talking about that one, that, you know, if that's you, you're not alone. Um, many of us, um, begin to understand or have some, some common knowledge about the 12 steps. Everybody knows step one, right? Oh yeah. You got to admit that's step one. Everybody knows that. Um, and it, it, but some of them, some people don't understand or have a, a knowledge of the steps when they come in, but there's folks like me and it sounds like you um, going into the program, you know, just what that experience is like the, the amount of humility that has to take place um, to be able to set aside the head knowledge and understand, hey, I'm a I'm a newcomer here, um, I, that and that's that's difficult, right? I'm, and it sounds like for you, I mean, you're a pastor at this point, you've got some some uh, therapy, uh, actual school uh, schooling uh, degreed, and then you go to a point where you have to go and humble yourself uh, to, in, in a group of alcoholics. Um, what, I mean, you already shared a little bit about what that's like, but what kind of, what are some of those feelings maybe that came up as you were getting into maybe not AA, because it sounds like you, you shared some of that, but going into CR, was that a different experience for you? Yeah. Well, the awesome thing, of course, about Celebrate Recovery is I believed in Jesus mm -hmm. and Celebrate Recovery acknowledges Jesus as the one and only true higher power, mm -hmm. but it's still very challenging. I mean, I've been on, I believe, five or six Celebrate Recovery leadership teams, the first one being Scottsdale Bible Church, uh, uh, Northridge, Desert Springs, awesome programs, Impact mm -hmm. Church, and of course, the one I'm at right now, but it's kind of funny and sad at the same time, but many times the people that were coming to the celebrate recoveries that I was a part of and leading were from other churches. Mm -hmm. They weren't from the church that was actually having the, the program because like myself, I was afraid about what people would think. Yeah. And one of the, um, 
One of the terrible phenomena that we have before we go in and, and make that admission is so uh, we feel like we're terminally unique as like I've been through stuff and I've done stuff that nobody else, somehow the devil's got me convinced mm. that I'm really bad, unlike anybody else. And it was so awesome to go into um, Celebrate Recovery small group and have leaders there who were frankly just talking about what they had gone through and they seemed to have this courage they weren't ashamed they weren't afraid they weren't embarrassed mm. and uh, that's one of the most awesome things is to come into that group feeling like nobody has any idea what i've been through and leaving the group thinking wow these guys have been through i mean i was in a meeting a few nights ago and the guy was introducing himself and saying he was the worst alcoholic ever and i mean <laughs> Everyone kind of looked, wait, I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> we all think that way until mm -hmm. we, and, you know, as beautiful, a guy next to him said he was celebrating two years recovery for, from alcoholism. And, and that guy who said he was the worst says, I want what you have. Oh, yeah. And it's so cool because all you have to do is find a leader or someone that is a few steps ahead of you and just do what they did and you get mm -hmm. the same results. Yeah. And, uh, but for me, the coolest thing and the, the most precious thing is every time I've made that admission and I've peeled the onion since way back then working on other things, like I said, food addiction, sex and love addiction. And every time I've surrendered, made that admission, immediately I get more of the Lord Jesus. Mm. And so I get more of Christ in me because I'm making room in my heart for him by getting rid of something else. But, mm. but I think that's probably the biggest hurdle is just that feeling like no one understands how bad I feel about myself. And, and of course, the other side is the denial that I even have a problem. And, um, and that takes a long time too. Yeah. No, I love that. I think, I think you definitely hit it right on the bullseye. There's this idea that, yeah, nobody understands what I'm going through. Uh, uh, my, my sins, my mistakes are way too great for anybody to be uh, understanding or to be forgiven of them. And I think you, you kind of even mentioned the answer to that, uh, the the uh, opportunity of of opening up is starts with listening, right? Going and listening and hearing. Okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, here's a person. I, if it's just one person in a room on a Monday night or a Wednesday or whenever, and you can look to them and, and they say, "Yeah, I've got two years sober." And you go, "Wow, that's that's pretty incredible." And you can admire a person in that place. And then listen to them, be open enough to hear what they're going through and be able to say, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think I can do this. I can set aside, you know, all of my knowledge or lack thereof and just be present and allow, like you said, uh, space for Jesus. And then he shows up and does the miraculous. And that's one thing that I'm always trying to people ask me, you know, how does it work? Like what, you know? And I, I can give you the spiel. I can give you, you know, the A to 
A to Z, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you just show up and you just try to get out of the way and let Jesus work because it's, you know, we work the steps, but it, that's not even it. it. Jesus works miracles and it's unexplainable, you know. Um, I, I can't tell you how you were relieved of, uh, you know, your addiction. I, I can tell you the process, but I don't know. I can't tell you because it's, it's unexplainable and that's, what's so beautiful about it. And so kind of on, on that uh, note there um, right now at RCR, we're kind of wrapping up with our conversation about step five admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being and going into step six. I was just wondering if you could share with our listeners What's kind of been your experience with step six and maybe some advice or just kind of some nuggets of wisdom that you have in, in this area of working through the steps? Well, first of all, step five, you know, just admitting. Uh, I mean, my first uh, inventory I shared with my AA sponsor. I'll, I mean, I could build a little shrine there. It was such a huge <laughs> wonderful release. Uh, it was, again, it was up in Hillsburg, California on the shoreline of the Russian River. And, wow. and I just read all the work I'd done with them, you know, and it was just so awesome to admit to God myself and another human being the exact nature of, uh, you, you know, my wrong, not only my wrongs, but the wrongs done to me. Mm. So it's not always just what I've done, but what has also been done to me. So recovery has two parts, what was done to me and my part, what I did. And, but just to have that off my chest and then have tools to, to keep from, you know, having all that stuff piled back up step 10. But, um, but the whole idea, we were entirely ready. Right. so it's a process getting ready. I mean, sometimes people want to go through the 12 steps in 12 minutes Mm-mm. or weekend or 12. But some of the stuff, like I said, peeling the, the onion, because it's talking about having God remove all my defects of character. And, you know, I want some that are really glaring and that I don't like to be removed, yeah. but other ones uh, that cause just as much problems in my relationships, those I'm, I'm not ready. Mm. And uh, it's so awesome because uh, Jesus has unlimited patience. Mm. um, So he will never leave me, will never forsake me. And, and this is not a legalistic thing we're trying to accomplish here. We're just wanting to become more like Jesus and have more of his character and less of my defects, but but so for me, it's um, it is a process, and like the um, biblical comparison that goes along with each of our steps, you know, the, this one is James five sixteen, which says we can confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed, and mm. and so it's a process, and it's an attitude where. I'm getting more and more humble and more and more ready. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and all that Mm. stuff. And it's more painful to hang on to something I no longer want in my life. And now it's, it's less pain to just 
let God have it and humbly ask him to remove that from me. But, mm. you know, it's a be beautiful process and it's a we process. Mm. So again, I find the courage, you know, the serenity prayer is such an important part of my recovery that, you know, God grant me serenity mm. and God grant me courage to change the things I can. And, you know, basically that's just being open Mm. to allowing God to work change in my, into my life. And, but we do it together. That's the awesome thing. And, and my leaders over me and my sponsor, you know, he knows he's, mm. he's already been there. He's already got victory happening in his life. And, uh, you know, early on, I used to, my sponsor always says, God's in control. And mm. I was like, I always had this sound I made like, and I, was like I don't, and, uh, and that was a character defect, you know, mm -hmm. like cynicism, negativity, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I just wasn't ready or able to let go of that. And he used to say, he quote Mark Twain. He says, you know, you remind me of what Mark Twain says. You've been through a lot of terrible things in your life. And only some of them really happened. <laughs> so in my mind, I've been through all these terrible things in my mind. And that, you know, the vast majority never even happened. But yeah, but yes, it, it's a process becoming ready. And so, you know, no one can force us mm. to grow or change. You know, if you have children, you, you can't yell at them. And all of a sudden, it just takes time. Yeah. And um, but the Lord Jesus, I mean, I tell people I'll work with anybody mm. because he was he's worked with me mm. and uh, his unlimited patience. I keep saying that because uh, that's what St. Paul said. He said that he was the worst sinner. I mean, we think of him as a really awesome best Christian ever, maybe. But he said he was the worst sinner. But he said God had mercy on him and Jesus had unlimited patience. Mm. So you and I would have an idea what he, how patient he can be with us. And in fact, I used to give a message when I was a chaplain, you may be bad, but you're not the worst. Mm. And look what God did with the worst person, Saul of Tarsus, yeah. now Paul the apostle. And so, you know, so good, it takes time. I love that. You know, I also, I kind of feel like I see four, five, and six as kind of the gauge of the quality of my recovery. You know, I think uh, we kind of have like this term in AA, right? Where uh, kind of like the, the guys who just don't drink anymore, right? The dry drunks. Mm -hmm. And this four, five, six process is kind of like, how honest am I willing to get? How uh, deep am I willing to go? How much of the character defects that are present in my life am I willing to give up? And that is gauging the quality of my recovery. Do I, am I here to just not drink anymore or not, uh, you know, act out sexually in ways that I'm not supposed to or codependency or anger, you know, um, God can remove that in the first three steps. You know, it sounds you know like it, it you know, that's, I, when I showed up at the program, I hadn't been drinking or drugging for a couple of weeks, right? So God will, can, you know, remove those things from my life. 
Um, but when it comes to four or five and six, it's kind of like, okay, well, but what is the quality of life that you want? And if you're willing to take these steps with rigorous honesty, um, it's going to jump up the quality of your recovery. If you, if you, um, you know, work the four step process only a little bit and you share and you get honest only a little bit and you only give up a, a little bit of your character defects, well, that's going to be the quality of, of the recovery I have. And is that sustainable? Can a person have, you know, that recovery for the rest of their lives? Sure. But that's not what I'm after, right? You know, I'm, I'm after the life of abundance that was given to me, I would say, you know, and that's why I love celebrate recovery because it's celebrate recovery. And it's, I didn't, like I, I would share at the AA meetings, like I didn't get sober to be boring. You know what I mean? That's why I drank in the first place. I was afraid of being boring. And I didn't know that there was another way to not be boring and be sober. Um, and recovery has given me that opportunity. It's unfortunate that not everybody sees it the same way, but I really do see five, six or four, five, six as kind of the, the quality gauge of recovery. Um, but yeah, man, it's it, like you said, I love that you keep on reiterating that it's, it takes time. It's just a process and respect the process. Don't look to the guy next to you. Right. And well, geez, it seems like it was easy for him and he's happy. And, you know, here I am still stooling and all this stuff and I don't know how to get rid of it. Respect the process. Give it time. Don't give up, man. You know, guys like me who are that stubborn, just <laughs> got to go through it for a little bit longer to, for it to last, you know? <laughs> well, and you know, the other thing too is steps four, five, and six are where we're really cleaning house. Yep. Again, that gives us more of Jesus. But, mm. you know, even if your thing is not alcohol or drugs or something, because Celebrate Recovery is not just for alcoholics and addicts, but for anyone with a hurt or a hang up. And that's a lot of people. And that's a lot of people right now. Mm. And yeah. hurts and hang ups, they don't just go away. And our alcoholism, we know, is just a symptom of a much deeper spiritual malady. Mm -hmm. And most of our malady is around relationships that are messed up. And the eight principles of celebrate recovery and the 12 steps of AA were given to us by God to help us clean up our heart, mm -hmm. clean up our act, and clean up and heal our relationships. And so even if you just are really hurting, someone did an atrocity to you and you've gone through trauma and it won't just go away. And those same steps that you've mentioned, the ones of making a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, most people, that's when they walk away right. because we're afraid to feel some of the trauma that happened to us. And again, that's a big part of the reason I stayed in denial so long, because I didn't want to feel those feelings. And for the longest time, I really had two feelings, anger and what had been done to me, and then depression, mm. what I had done myself. And I'd go back, and those are the only feelings. Now I have all mm. kinds of feelings. Yeah. And I got all those out. They don't just go away. So Time does not heal those types of wounds. Mm. The only way we can be healed, just like that verse in James, when we confess to each other 
and pray for each other, we can be healed. And, and that's that process. But it's so awesome. And, and yeah, you're right. You know, um, AA has like the promises, things that we'll get after we get through those steps, get to around step nine or so. And, you know, like me going backpacking in my fifties and sixties and 11 times and mm-hmm. doing, you know, stuff that normal people would not want to go over the edge <laughs> of the Grand Canyon and yeah. hike all the way down there. And, you know, so I've just, been so blessed you know jesus calls it the abundant life and Mm. everything i'm doing i know is miraculous it's something that god has lovingly worked into my heart as i got rid of those defects he's given me more christ-like character so now man life is a blast i mean there were a bunch of us after cr we were at a restaurant the other night, and we and we actually apologized to everybody because we were so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the meeting after and, the meeting, man. Yeah, and you know, no, we're not high, right? <laughs> we've been delivered, and we're experiencing that serenity, and it's so awesome. And well, just like Nothing us, better. I mean, you know, we're forever brothers, and Amen. got to hang out at the summit a couple of years ago and stuff, and. It's just an awesome way of life. It is. Well, I think you you nailed it there too. It's just seeing things as miraculous. You know, that's it's that's a choice. I think you know, just like anything else. You know, I got to choose to love the people who are around me. If I don't see things as miraculous, well, then they won't be. But if I see, if I choose to see things as miraculous, if I choose to see this interaction as a miracle then it is so, you know what I mean? And I do believe that. And when I have that eyesight, uh, I'd much rather live in that world than the world of delusion and uh, depression and, you know, all of the things that just kept me spiraling spiraling out of control. And so I I love that so much, man. And uh, geez, it's always, you know, like this could go on for hours and hours, but, um, you know, we'll have to pick up a, another time. But I would love if you uh, just shared um, with the folks that are listening, maybe they're just starting out in the program, what's some advice you would give them? And then hopefully there's some people that are listening uh, that are kind of, uh, you know, they're on the fence about CR. They don't know what to think about it. Um, maybe they even think no way it's for them. What would you say uh, to, to those folks? Well, you know, we put out a challenge to keep coming back and maybe like give it a half dozen meetings. And we talk about how there's actually miracle power in the chairs. Mm. If you can just come, you know, and we're heading into the new year to make new year resolutions. So, you know, make that choice now to just come and keep coming back for six times and mm-hmm. and you will be amazed at the miracle that god like i said all i did was i went because a friend invited me and i made that admission and i experienced miraculous power to face things i didn't think were even possible to be removed from my life and mm-hmm. you know like anger i mean i tell people i used to be just a rageaholic and they just can't believe that and <laughs> so many people right now are just so full of anger and you know good christian people yeah. just everything we've gone through the last year and you know we're getting close to it being over but uh Yeah, Celebrate Recovery is a place where anyone who is struggling with a hurt or a hang-up or a habit can come and find that 
freedom in Christ, that victory over all that stuff. And we don't have to live lives full of fear and full of anger. And mm. So that's that would be my thing. Just give it a try and keep coming back six mm. times and you'll you'll be thankful. There you go. You heard it. Just give it six six weeks and yeah, see what God doesn't do in your life. Put it put it to the test. So all right. I love you, man. I'm so grateful for you and the testimony God has given you. And man, I uh, am jealous of the folks that you are overseeing up there in Payson. Uh, they, I know that they've got a fantastic leader in you. God bless you. God bless your family and everything that you're doing up there, man. Keep it up. You're, you're an incredible person, man. Oh, thanks, John. And God bless all you guys there at your ministry as well and your beautiful wife. It's awesome, brother part of the forever family amen thank you for listening to a testimony talk i hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others the things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations not end them so i pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you are struggling to find community and people to talk with, then please send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other, even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages comments or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.